This is made possible by Dustin Campbell, O Them Bones, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. You guys know that I'm a fan of good news writing, and I want to read you something that I found to be very exciting. It is written in Texas Monthly by a reporter named Christopher Hooks. And this is how his article begins. At the start of this week, the Texas legislature was sliding toward the conclusion of yet another underwhelming but basically normal session. Lawmakers had wasted a lot of time and effort, and soon they would go home. But the calm was illusory. By the end of the week, everything was in flames. Blood was sloshing down the Capitol's marble halls like the building was the Overlook Hotel. Attorney General Ken Paxton called House Speaker Dade Phelan a drunk, urging him to resign and, quote, get the help he needs. And later that afternoon, a House committee announced it had been investigating Paxton for months. The Texas House met Saturday and after about four hours in debate, voted to impeach Paxton. To paraphrase Mao, everything under the dome is in chaos and the situation is excellent. This edition of the program will be a primer on a name that you will likely hear a lot more about. You know, we only dip our toes into city and state politics when they're interesting and friends Do I have a story for you? If you are not familiar with the story of Ken Paxton, and I thought I was, but friends, I had no idea. Well, buckle up. For Dog and Pony Show Audio, I'm Justin Robert Young, and this is Politics, Politics, Politics. By proceeding with this illegal impeachment scheme to overturn a decision made by Texas voters just a few short months ago, the corrupt politicians in the Texas House are demonstrating that blind loyalty to Speaker Dave Phelan is more important than upholding their oath of office. So let's talk real quick about where Ken Paxton came from. He's a graduate of Baylor University, where he served as student body president. He earned a BA in psychology and an MBA. After receiving a law degree from the University of Virginia, he worked as an attorney at Strasburger and Price, in-house counsel for J.C. Penney, and headed up his own law firm for 14 years in McKinney, Texas, which I've been to, oddly enough. A friend of mine used to live there. We go back to this Texas Monthly article written by Mr. Hooks. Quote, in private life, he was a probate lawyer, educating wills and estates, and he stood accused of improperly skimming money off the top from a wealthy deceased client. He infamously stole a fellow lawyer's Mont Blanc pen at the Collin County Courthouse and only returned it after he was caught red-handed on security camera footage. As we are going to get into throughout this episode, Ken Paxton is somebody that plays fast and loose. It seems unclear. I'm still immersing myself in the world of Texas state politics. 
but I'm not sure if Ken Paxton is a symptom of a suspiciously systemically corrupt (laughs) uh, meta, or he is the lead dog pushing things further than anybody else would like to go because he knows everyone's dirty enough that they won't point the finger at him. That is until they did. But how did the man become the top cop in Texas? Well, in 2002, Paxton ran in the Republican primary for the Texas House District 70, capturing nearly 40% of the vote, moved into a runoff with Bill Vitz, whom he defeated with 64% of the vote, and then faced Fred Luskin, Robert Worthington, Democrat and Libertarian respectively, which he won by around 30,000 votes. Paxton was reelected in 2004 and 2006, and again against Robert Vizarin. He ran unopposed for re-election in 2010. It was at that point that Paxton decides to run for Speaker of the Texas House of Representatives against Joe Strauss and Warren Chisholm, but withdrew before the vote, sensing defeat. In 2014, Paxton ran for Texas Attorney General when incumbent Greg Abbott decided to run for governor. Paxton led a three-candidate field in the Republican primary. He faced Dan Branch in the runoff election and won with 465,395 votes. That's around 63%. In the November 4th, 2014 general election, Paxton defeated his Democratic opponent, an attorney from Houston, ironically named Sam Houston. He has won re-election for that attorney general slot twice since then, the most recent time against son of Jeb, George P. Bush. Now, this is when Paxton first started to get on my radar mostly because I am fascinated by the Bush family and George P. Bush was somebody that I always had kind of marked because he was the closest to me in age amongst a family that had produced in my formative years two presidents. George P. Bush had done something that was kind of outside the norm, considering Donald Trump had destroyed his father. And that is cozied up to MAGA, and Trump specifically. There was a pitch to try to give Donald Trump a bit of an out. Repair your connections to some of the establishment while ditching somebody that will almost assuredly be a liability in the future in Ken Paxton. There was a lot of oblique references that... Texas voters deserve to have a solid Republican in that position that they could vote on with confidence because he would serve out his term. Hmm, that's interesting. Why would Paxton possibly not? Well, that's because the man is up to his chin in scandals. I mean, good Lord. Just months after he initially took office as attorney general, the state grand jury indicted Paxton on security fraud charges. Prosecutors said Paxton duped investigators by selling shares of a technology company without registering as an investment advisor representative with the state board or disclosing that he was being paid by the company. The case has, by the way, still not gone to trial. 2015 is when this indictment came down has not gone to trial and has been mired in disputes over judges' locations and prosecutor pay. 
Paxson has called it a political witch hunt and denied wrongdoing. Let's go ahead and go to Mr. Hooks's description. Among the other infractions, he took money from a company that benefit, benefited from a state contract and he invested in a property in his district that a local government would soon buy at a markup. But none of that has anything to do with why he was eventually impeached. Sure, there's this sort of Damocles that's been hanging over him for years and years and years, but that hasn't stopped him from winning re-election twice, including over the young Scion Bush. No, no, no. What has gotten him in trouble now is the following, and we're going to read Hooks' writing here. The first set of allegations concerns Paxson's very messy friendship with Nate Paul. Paul is a campaign donor, but he helped Paxson in other ways. For one, Paul employed Paxson's alleged mistress. For another, as House investigators alleged during his week, Nate, presumably Nate Paul, paid to renovate Paxton's house. Paxson allegedly told the crew doing the renovation that his wife wanted a particularly kind of expensive granite kitchen countertop. The chief said that he would have to, quote, check with Nate. Seven top Paxton aides in 2020 publicly accused Ken Paxton of bribery and abusing his office. The aides also reported their allegations to the FBI and they were fired. The whistleblowers had accused him of using his authority to benefit Paul. Federal prosecutors began an investigation shortly after the allegations were made, and Justice Department's Public Integrity Section in Washington took over that probe this February. When the FBI came for Paul, Paxton protected him. According to investigators, he took steps to interfere with the FBI's investigation and tried to have his staff investigate the Bureau's actions. We're going to get to Paxton's predilection for suing literally everything in a second. When Paxton's staff refused to carry out this blatantly illegal pay-for-play protection, he hired an independent investigator with taxpayer money to protect Paul. Then, he seems to have lied in official documents about what he was doing and why. This leads Paxton's senior staff, conservative legal minds who had been handpicked by Paxton, to blow the whistle. This happens in 2020. They wrote to the U.S. Department of Justice accusing Paxton of bribery and corruption. Few other figures in the world had as much insight into Paxton's life as the group that did this. For them to accuse Paxton of serious criminal behavior is an incredibly damning development. The second set of allegations is what Paxton did to cover all this up. He fired the whistleblowers. This, again, is a straightforward violation of the law. Retribution against whistleblowers who act to expose illegal activity is something that the courts genuinely take seriously. So, why isn't this an open and shut case? It seems like you've got everything you need, even in terms of eyewitnesses. You've got people that know where all the bodies are buried, tried to go through the proper channels, and were retaliated against. Well, there's a few things you should know. First, 
Ken Paxton has spent his entire life, if not entire recent career, cozying up to every possible cause that could be politically expedient. That's given him a lot of friends in many high places. And two, despite the fact that he was impeached in the Texas State House, he has not been removed by the Texas Senate. That's a smaller group of people, and some of them are very, very, very close to Paxton. We'll cover all that after this. This is your update. Politics, politics, politics. Patreon is found at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Head on over there. Get two bonus episodes each and every week. And you're going to need them as the move, as the news starts moving faster. The move starts newsing faster. For three bucks a week, you get two bonus episodes. That's double the output that you normally get on this show. Friends, it's just that simple. Take politics seriously. Dot. But first, your update. Chris Christie is set to announce his 2024 campaign for president next week. So the shoe drops for Christie next week. We're looking for either Pence or Sununu within the next few weeks after that. The stage is filling up. We obviously went over Chris Christie's chances on the last episode. I don't think that they're much better. However, Somebody in my Twitch chat called him the Mousturian candidate (laughs) based on my conspiracy theory that he might be being dispatched by the Disney Corporation, who is his current employer at ABC, to go destroy the career of another Florida politician like Christie did to Rubio oh so many years ago. I think that's very funny. And as far as I'm going to take this conspiracy theory, I will heretofore be referring to him exclusively as the Mouse Churian candidate. And we've got a new commercial up in Maine for the No Labels Movement Party. It features Joe Lieberman. Here you go. Oldest continuous democracy on earth. But today, political parties act like they own our votes. Blind loyalty is the opposite of choice, and choice is what real democracy is all about. No Labels was formed to unite Democrats, Republicans, and independents to solve our country's biggest problems, bringing more choices to voters and more voices to the national conversation. Find your voice with us. Join No Labels today. A reminder that Joe Lieberman and the No Labels movement are looking to get ballot access in all 50 states so they might run a third party presidential candidate. This is something that has primarily infuriated the Democratic Party, mostly because they believe that a Democrat, Joe Manchin, will be the No Labels uh, standard bearer. And if that's the case, then it will take more votes from Joe Biden than from the Republican. I don't really know if that's the case, but just so you know who's going to be mad. 
TakePoliticsSeriously.com is where you need to go to support this very show. Let's go ahead and get back to the program. Needless to say, impeaching Ken Paxton is a crazy thing to happen. I haven't really plugged into the fact that I'm living in a state capital, mostly because everything that I've ever heard about Texas state politics is that it's slow, it's boring, and it's ineffectual. But not this time. We quote again from Hooks. This is an extraordinary, earth-shattering thing for the legislative body to do. After it became public, what the House was up to, Paxton was asked by a conservative radio host what he thought about the news. Paxton affected an air of wounded surprise, quote, I have no idea why they've chosen to do this. The House violated the omuerta that state officials in Texas generally follow. In other words, they don't hold each other accountable. In a properly functioning system, of course, they'd be doing that all the time. So, there are two elements to this that you would have to take into account to understand why Ken Paxton is not just run out on a rail. One of them is the fact that he is politically connected because he has stayed at the center of a lot of issues since and before he became a member of the Texas state government and specifically attorney general. And that's because Ken Paxton loves to sue. Oh my God, does he love to sue. Hide your kids, hide your wife. He's suing everyone out here. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton suing the Biden administration again over the president's new immigration program. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is suing the Biden administration over new federal guidance on abortions. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton now suing San Antonio ISD for a second time. It is the lawsuit that has captured the attention of everyone from voters to the president himself. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is suing four states, asking the U.S. Supreme Court to block those battleground states from casting their electoral college votes. State Attorney General Ken Paxton just announced today he is suing electricity provider Gritty for overcharging customers and passing along massive bills. State Attorney General Ken Paxton is suing Google. The lawsuit claims the Internet giant is violating a state law by amassing facial and voice recognition data on Texans without their knowledge. Here is just a list of things that he has filed suit on from both inside and outside his role as attorney general. Abortion, the Affordable Care Act, COVID-19 restrictions, defending the right to gerrymander, human trafficking, immigration, both against Obama's and for Donald Trump's, Obama's clean energy plan in favor of ExxonMobil, against Obama's labor lawsuits, against transgender bathroom access. Okay, this is a weird one, and I'm really only talking to Tom Merritt here. Do you remember in 2012 the lawsuit against Apple accusing it of artificially raising the prices of ebooks, fixing ebook prices? Yeah, Paxson was one of 33 attorney generals that was in on that as well. Against homestead tax exemptions for the Second Amendment and for religion in schools. And then. 
there's the one that ingratiated him to the current king of MAGA the most. Paxton filed a federal lawsuit after President Joe Biden's victory in the 2020 election, seeking to overturn four key swing state results. The U.S. Supreme Court threw out Paxton's lawsuit. Weeks later, Paxton appeared at the January 6, 2021 Stop the Steal rally that preceded the riot at the U.S. Capitol. In 2022, the State Bar of Texas sued Paxton, accusing him of professional misconduct for claims of substantial voter fraud that the bar said were, quote, misrepresentations and false statements. A Collin County District Court judge earlier this year refused Paxton's push to dismiss the lawsuit on judicial grounds. This dude loves suing people so much, his wife wrote a song about it in 2015. Does this lady love her husband? Foreshadowing for what's about to happen. So we know the scandal that brought Ken Paxton's impeachment. But what were the official charges? Here they are. Violation of duties by failing to act as a public protector of charitable organizations, specifically harming of the Mitt Foundation to benefit Nate Paul. Misuse of power to issue written legal opinions to avoid foreclosure sales on properties belonging to Nate Paul. Misuse of power to administer the public information law, specifically refusing to render a proper decision related to public information requests and issuing a decision contrary to the law and legal precedent. Misuse of power to administer the public information law by improperly obtaining access to undisclosed information for the benefit of... Nate Paul, misuse of official powers by violating laws governing the appointment of prosecuting attorneys pro tem, specifically engaging Brandon Kamek to conduct an investigation into a baseless complaint to benefit Nate Paul, violation of duties by terminating and taking adverse personnel action against employees in violation of the state's whistleblower law, misuse of public resource by directing employees to conduct a sham investigation into whistleblower complaints and to create a false or misleading report in Paxton's defense, misuse of official powers by entering into a settlement agreement that delayed the discovery of facts and testimony to Paxton's advantage, depriving the electorate of the opportunity to make an informed decision when voting for interdy general. I add editorially, who weeps for the Bushes? Engaging in bribery in violation of the Texas Constitution, specifically benefiting from Nate Paul's employment of a woman for whom Paxton was having an extramarital affair. I add editorially, but his wife loves him so much. Foreshadowing. 
engaging in bribery and violation of the Texas Constitution, specifically benefiting from Nate Paul, providing renovations for Paxton's home, abuse of the judicial process to thwart justice, specifically concealing the facts underlying criminal charges by causing a delay of the trial, abuse of the judicial process to thwart justice, specifically benefiting from a lawsuit that interfered with or disrupted payment of the prosecutors in a criminal securities fraud case against Paxton, making false statements in official records to mislead both the public and public officials, specifically in connection with the State Securities Board investigation of Paxton's failure to register as required by law. Making misrepresentations or false and misleading statements in official filings, specifically failing to fully and accurately disclose financial interests and personal financial statements required by law. Making false or misleading statements in official records, specifically in the written report issued in response to the whistleblower allegations. Acting with others to conspire or attempt to conspire to commit acts described by one or more articles. Misuse of official powers by causing employees to perform services for the benefit and the benefit of others. Violation of the Texas Constitution, oaths of office, statutes, and public policy against public officials acting contrary to the public interest, and engagement in misconduct, both private and public. (sighs) Republicans currently hold an 86 to 64 majority in the Texas House. That chamber voted overwhelmingly to impeach very famous, nationally relevant Attorney General Ken Paxton, 122 to 23, with one Republican and one Democrat voting present. That is an ass whooping. That is a kick in the balls. That is the kind of situation that Walter White gets into where you just can't see a way out. The walls are closing in. Paxton has had to temporarily step down as attorney general. And this week, Governor Greg Abbott named former Secretary of State John Scott to his position in the interim. But just like Walter White. There's always some way out. And the only path left for Paxton is salvation in the Senate. That is a body where Republicans hold a 19 to 12 majority. Removal from office requires two-thirds of that chamber. This week, the Texas House appointed 12 impeachment managers who will present the government's case against Paxton, and that trial will begin no later than August 28th. But there's been a lot of attention around one Texas state senator. It is Ken's wife! Yes, Ken Paxton's wife, for whom the scandal that brought him down involves him serially cheating on. 
For whom demanded the fancier countertops? For whom sang the song about how she's a pistol-packing mama and her husband sues Obama? She is currently a Texas state senator, and she has yet to announce if she will recuse herself from the vote. Spoiler alert, I don't think she's gonna. Because if she's on Team Paxton and he needs to survive this, then they need every single vote they can possibly get. They can't afford to have a present, a recusal. They need a yes. She considers June 1st, yesterday, as this comes out, I love you day. Because it's the anniversary of the first time Ken said that he loved her when they met at Baylor University. So, what is the future for Mr. Paxton? Well, he has survived so much so far. He still has not faced his indictment that he got hit with the year that he was named attorney general or he won the office of attorney general. He could just wear the impeachment as a badge of honor if he's not removed. But is this a bridge too far? Even in state politics, where a lot of stuff gets swept under the rug because there's not a gigantic glare from national media. This is something that has broken above the clouds. What do I think? Well, just like Breaking Bad, I wouldn't bet against the guy who's gotten this far. Politics, politics, politics is written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. Our show is edited by Brett Stewart. If you want to email the show, it is theyoungamerican at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Justin R. Young. You can follow the show at px3tweets. You can follow me live on the internet, px3live. That's my Twitch channel. I'm writing again. And anytime that there's super breaking news, I'm also writing on my Substack as well. But you got to subscribe for that. Yeah, it's called Free Political Newsletter. But every once in a while when I got some some real quick thoughts that I just want to get out there, then I'm, I'm writing them down there. Anyway, if you like my writing, subscribe for free at px3newsletter.com. If you're really excited and you want to support me, you can, you can support me there as well. Not the biggest thing in the world, but thank you. You can share this podcast with your friends, family, and clergy at px3podcast.com. You can support me with a one-time donation at paypal.me slash payjury. Venmo is justin-young-20. Cash app is px3cash. And you can send me anything you'd like in my P.O. Box. Make it out to Justin Young. P.O. Box 1531-84, Austin, Texas, 78715. That is P.O. Box 153184, Austin, Texas, 78715. Of course, you can always get bonus content at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week covering all the news that we miss on our free podcasting schedule. And our $10 tier gets your name right at the end of the show like these fine folks in the Titanic. $10 tier. Jason, Andre, C. Garcia, Matthew T. Matt. John Gross, El Basso, John, Craig Potts, MC Radio, Unsafety, B-Levels, Bugs Life, Neemeister, Amanda, Yo Pinball Shop, 
DP4 Bongo, Catherine, Todd, and vote Gloria Young for King of the New World Order. Edison, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start, Dr. G, Neil, Charles, Darren, 100 Mile Runner, Idris Arzlanian, Blueprint, and the Lenina, DL, Stephen, Chad, Nomadic Terror, and Molly's Dashing Debut. Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul is awesome. Brad, Richard, just another pilot. Middle aged Mike who loves Frank got abducted. Utah, Jimmy Montana, the Gen A L D L D L D. Really? Chopper, Andrew, and Joshua. If you would like your name read on this show, well, there's only one place to go. Friends, it's takepoliticsseriously.com. And that's it for the weekend. Hopefully you guys have a really, really good, relaxing weekend. Summer is here. We're past Memorial Day. Till next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying... Some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics. But this is the only show that dares discuss. Oh, three. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.